back, everybody, to another episode of Beaver County Kickoff. I'm your host, Noah Hiles, and joining me, as always, are... Parthupadhyay, sports writer. And Josh Carney, news and sports reporter. All right, fellas, another week of Whippeo football in the books. Uh, four weeks through, three official weeks, plus week <laughs> zero, and things are really starting to, to shape out. We're getting an idea of who the favorites are in each of the, the classifications and each of the sections, what players are really stepping up, what, what players aren't necessarily having the seasons that we thought they'd have. So real quick, let's go through our week three takeaways. As always, Parth, we'll start with you. Yeah. My takeaway is Rochester is in trouble. You know, we were all very high on Rochester in, in class a, uh, when the season started, they've got guys all over the field. They've got Jerome Mullins, uh, Sal Lord, Denny Robinson. They've got playmakers on playmakers. And we thought they were going to take, um, you know, class a by storm, uh, Parker Lyons, three-year starter at quarterback goes down in week one. They find a way to win that game with JD Ozale, who's such a dynamic player. Um, obviously not as good of a passer perhaps as Parker, but a guy who can do some things that Parker can't quite frankly, you know, with his legs. Uh, but then JD goes down last game against union and they're forced to, they're forced to play Sal, you know, at, at a quarterback. Um, and you can do some things with Sal, you know, in the wildcat and whatnot, but he's, you know, when you're down to your third option at QB, it's hard for any team to win, let alone, you know, a class A team. Yeah, and you see that loss to a program like Union. I mean, going into this year, that was assumed probably by most people in the Whippeal that that was an easy win. I mean, Union is a school that, like we said, we talked about in the in the pre-show here, they're, they have good sports teams. They're, they're good at basketball. They're good at baseball, and they have athletes. But to score no points, and that Yeah, to was, get shut out like that. Yeah, yeah I don't know I, about I mean, that, that's, man. That's unexpected for them, and mm-hmm. they've got a lot of – questions to answer a lot of things to fix and uh i mean you take a look at the next three games on their schedule there's not really any easy breaks there right no room for error there's really not um you know it was it was it was pretty interesting to kind of watch the highlights from that game at union uh i think we were all stunned when we saw the score but uh yeah, when Sal went in at quarterback, I mean, they just put everybody in the box. And uh, I think Parth is right. They could be in trouble, and it's it's the injury bug. Burgettstown this yeah. week, then Olsh the following week, and then Fort Cherry. We don't really know how good Burgettstown and Fort Cherry are yet. Both of them only have one loss, and Burgettstown's came to Olsh, and it was a wide margin. However, it's it's fair to assume that right now the way the two teams are playing, Olsh could also put that wide of a margin up on Rochester. So, I was gonna say I think Olsh is the favorite in Class uh, A. Is Olsh, that fair to say? I mean, I know y'all like Claritin. Y'all are very high on yeah, Claritin. We talked about them pre-podcast. The, the thing we I think we all kind of jumped to conclusions here because Claritin, you know, got beat back to back weeks by two really good double A teams in Washington and Steel Valley. We all just kind of thought, oh, you know, because in the past. Clarendon was so good that it didn't matter Dominant. if they are playing. Dominant. I mean, they, yeah. this was a team part that blew out Aliquippa at one yeah. point in time. Really? Yeah. yeah. Clarendon is a power. And to so, lose to Steel Valley, I think that was a shocker for you and I know. It was like, yeah. what's and, going and, on? And, there? like, I remember, I remember watching on TV Clarendon <laughs> Wash High when I was yeah. in high school. And Wash High went to the Whitfield Championship game that year. But Clarendon still blew them out of the water. Yeah. So that's why we kind of took a step back. And But – you do realize now with their win over Leechburg, they're still really good 
in single A, we're just used to Clarendon being really good no <laughs> matter every who they line up with 1A yeah. through like 5A. Because they've got some dogs, man. You talk about Tyler Boyd, Lamont Wade. Yeah. Um, that list like, even the guys who didn't go far, like Kevin Witherspoon, yep. one of the best <laughs> high school football players I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're on and on. Desmond Green, it's, like there's so many good ones from Clarendon. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Rochester is in trouble. That's I, I, I hope I that I think you kind of talked off there too, Noah. I hope we figure out what's going on with Denny Robinson. That's a guy that, you know, you had talked up a lot in the summer and yeah. he has three carries on the year. And I know last week he had tweeted, you know, it's his first week back, but didn't have a touch against union. Yeah. So it's, it's what's going on there. That's, that's what we got to figure out. There's a lot of question marks with the Rams. No doubt. Josh, what's your takeaway from week three? Carter Slowinski at freedom. Might be the real deal at quarterback. This yeah. kid, uh, senior quarterback, 6'1", 190, uh, starting to play really good football for the Bulldogs as of late. Threw for 230 yards two weeks ago against Riverside, led Freedom to a win this past week. Uh, he rushed for, I think, almost 200 yards, had had four passing touchdowns uh, through the air. This guy is a, a legitimate athlete uh, under center for the Bulldogs, and he's starting to find his game right now, and I, I think you're seeing Freedom take off with him so uh keep an eye on carter like i said he's had two great weeks and i'm um, curious to see how he does come conference play i remember talking to coach rosa when we were doing our camp tour because they're replacing cole Beck, who had been a starter for multiple years and been, been a very valuable player was all conference in our polls and everything was really good and i said oh well how do you replace him and he goes honestly we're not worried about that he's like cole was really good he's obviously had a huge impact when he was here but he said the guy we got next in line is going to be just as productive, they thought. And that was it. Carter and Carter played receiver for them last year. They used him in a little bit of, you know, wildcat stuff here and there. But he finally gets his opportunity. And it looks like he's able to do some things that Cole couldn't do. Now, granted, Cole could do some things that Carter can't do. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're different types of quarterbacks. But, I mean, Slowinski's just an incredible athlete. Freedom didn't get off to the start it wanted to this year, losing to some, you know, some good teams. But it it looks like he's really coming into his own. And when you have the other guys like Yek and Pale and other people to get involved there, I think I think Freedom can have a really strong second half. Yeah, I think they found themselves for sure. So that's a team to watch. So speaking of what classification they're in, two way, I, I I my biggest takeaway so far from week three is two way is loaded. It is, yeah. I think, top to bottom, the most stacked competitive classification in the Whippeo. I I mean you look around. 5A's got a couple of teams that have some studs. I, I mean, Moon, obviously, Gateway, Penn Trafford. Those are three. 4A has Bell Vernon and Thomas Jefferson. I, I think they play this week at the beach in Bell Vernon with the, with did, the gold yeah. turf, and yep. that's going to be a great game. Man, I want to cover a game there. That looks <laughs> yeah, so dope. Chance, the beach. You get a chance. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they play, and you know, 3A has some good squads or whatever. Oh, you, but you look around. I, I told Josh this last week. There, there are six to seven teams in Class 2A that could win the Whitfield Championship, and I mm-hmm. would not be surprised at all. You go down our rankings. Yeah. Snow Rock's number one. For sure. I mean, they're they're the favorite throughout the entire, you know, one of the favorites throughout the state. I mean, two A is kind of owned by uh, Southern Columbia here in, in Pennsylvania. They they just pretty much win everything. I think they yeah. beat Avonworth one year in the state championship, like eighty four seven or something Jeez. like that. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're just it's, it's one of the best code. athletic programs in the country yeah. for low level schools. Um, it blows my mind that you know the top five teams in two A are undefeated. 
Yeah, they're the, but that, they're the but only that's classic crazy. Point is Stowe Rocks was looked at as a team that can challenge them, but then you look, Sarah Catholic is blowing everybody out. Washington yep. is blowing everybody out. Steel Valley is a really good team. Laurel's Laurel good team. just yeah. beat Beaver Falls. Yes. And Beaver Falls, while they're 0-3, they had an 11-point lead, and they yeah. lost that game themselves to Laurel. So I'm not counting out Beaver Falls yet. They have enough talent to at least get to Heinz Field, in my opinion, but it's going to be tougher for them because – they're looking at right now being a six, seven seed, yeah. meaning you're going to have to beat at least two of the teams that we just mentioned. So two way is just a stack bracket here in the whip heel. I think it's going to be really fun to cover in the postseason, just because it's going to be so unpredictable. I wouldn't be shocked to see For upsets sure. because on top of that, on top of the teams we just named the next tier of teams, yeah. teams like Southside, teams like Western Beaver, they have enough talent to play spoiler and just do everything right one night and upset one of these favorite teams. It's going to be fun to watch as we move on now, as we, we're pretty much almost halfway there. Yeah, and 2A is the only classification in our rankings that has all five undefeated, yeah. as Parth kind of pointed out. Yeah. Everyone else, one or two losses. 2A, I, I mean, it's it's a juggernaut. And Noah and I talked about that Friday. Parth, you brought up a great point. That it's a loaded classification. Any of those five teams can win it, in my opinion. I might be... And, you know, and it might like, be a stretch, yeah. but I think you know Laurel's just as competitive as, as the top team in that division. Yeah, yeah, and like like Noah said, there's three or four outside the top five knocking on the door that none of us would be surprised if they if they went to Heinz Field. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So that wraps up our week three recap. We're gonna take a quick break. When we return, I sit down with our Beaver County Times player of the game from last week, Dylan Sleva, running back from Moon, the top-ranked Moon Tigers. He's their captain. He's their leader. And you hear from him coming up now. Joining us now on the show is our player of the game from our Beaver County Times game of the week in week three. It is Dylan Sleva running back for your number one ranked Moon Area Tigers in Class 5A. Dylan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm not as good as a starting running back on a top-ranked team, but I, I feel like I'm doing all right. So, Dylan, a lot of stuff I, I want to talk to you about. Obviously, Moon has been the talk of the Whippeal this year, and, you know, you go from the underdog for so many years to now having the target on your back, and I talked to you a little bit about this on Friday night, but I thought we could talk about it again. What is that transition been like seeing this process pay off where you know your senior class you guys have played together like you said since you were eight nine years old you've gone through it all you've been to the playoffs before you've you've, you've taken the tough losses you've put the extra work in now you're starting to uh you know taste the fruits of the, that labor how great is that yeah it's a really good feeling we uh always try to practice like a championship caliber team so we've always worked hard and I feel like we're just starting to achieve our goals and we just want to keep pushing for them. So what's it like no longer being the underdog? I mean, there there were years where people would see Moon on their schedule and think, oh, that's a win. It might not be an easy win, but that's a team that they could beat. That's no longer the case. I mean, everyone wants a piece of Moon and it's not because it's an easy victory. It's because you're the team to beat and arguably one of the most stacked classifications in the Whippeal in 5A. How has that transition gone for you guys? Yeah, so it's a lot different. I feel like we get a lot more people's better games, and uh, they give us everything they have because we're the team to knock off, so so call it. And uh, I feel like it breeds more competition, and I like it better, to be honest, getting everybody's better game. 
So you talked about practicing like a championship team. Uh, Moon's last Whippeal championship team was in 1998. Do you know anything about that team? you know anyone that was on that team? How often does that group get brought up to you guys? We bring it up quite a few amount of times, but I don't know much about it. Uh, it was five years before I was even born, but yeah. I know. And feel old saying that. In uh, 2018, we honored them before our season for the 20 year, but I don't know much about them. How, how, you know, being that, that it's been five years since before you were born, does that give you guys more motivation to kind of end that slump to get a new banner in your gym? Yeah. So we're just trying to change the culture and, uh, bring back moon football, like prime years. We always looked at it as a losing program. We're just trying to shift the culture and hopefully get a ring this year. So you talked about that culture. Uh, your team has a culture of physicality. I think that'd be fair to say on both sides of the ball. You like to play physical. Um, I wanted to ask you, has any opponent ever tried to stack the box against you guys and take away the run game yet? Or is it, has it just been kind of easy where you're able to line up and play your game? Yeah, so I think we do a pretty good job of uh, making teams second-guess themselves so we could spread them out and run right down the middle or we can uh, stack the box, as you said, and power through. But nobody's really stacked the box on us because I think they're too afraid that we'll uh, hit a deep shot on us. But And it also helps to have, I mean, teams who are run first more often than not in the high school level, it's because they can't throw the ball. But, I mean, you happen to have a guy at quarterback who can – how nice is it to have a, a veteran quarterback and, and Tyler who, yeah, he's he's fine with handing the ball off 30 times a game because he knows in his 15 pass attempts he can make something happen. Yeah, uh, me and Ty have been really good friends for a while. So we have that bond where he just knows where I'm going to be and I know where he's going to be. So we can uh, he can make a lot of things happen on his own, even uh, outside of the run game. Now, as a senior starting running back, uh, there are a lot of kids who are in that position. They want the ball 30, 40 times a game. And I'm sure you do, too. However, you're a part of a very unique committee that Moon has where you've got Ian, you've got Joe, you've got other guys coming in and getting, even if it's just one or two carries a game, where you have that very solid rotation. I feel like you guys all do something well different and that that makes what that moon backfield so dangerous how fun is it to be a part of that diverse backfield that can hurt teams in so many different ways yeah it's very fun uh like i said on friday it keeps us all fresh because we all play both sides of the ball start both sides of the ball so if we need a blow on offense it's nice to have somebody else that can step in and do uh just as good of a job if not better is there ever temptation for you to ask for more carries? Do you have, is there part of you that wants to be that Derrick Henry three down back, you know, carry the ball 30 times a game? Or do you under or do you feel that being able to be fresh on both sides of the ball is what you can do best for your team? I feel that being able to be fresh on both sides is key to our success. And uh I think it helps a lot that all three of us get uh, a good amount of carries a game, allows us to do things differently. Because, you know, I'm not as fast as Ian or Joe, and they can get out in space and run faster. And uh, we all have different strengths that we use to the best of our abilities. All right. So what we're going to do now is the speed round. If you've uh, watched, of course, you've listened to the podcast before. I mean, we have a million listeners. How 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 wouldn't you have listened to it? No, but just kidding. Um, So what we're going to do here, we got one minute. I'm going to rattle off as many questions as possible. I want you to get through as many questions as possible. And we're going to start right now. All right. First question. Favorite sandwich to order at Permani Brothers? I had to go with the Pittsburgher. The Pittsburgher, okay, not bad. Uh, best college football team 
with the Tigers mascot? Missouri Tigers. Missouri. Over Clemson and, and LSU, you're going with Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're all right, but I've always... No, hey, it's all right. Hey, you must but... want to major in journalism. That's a good journalism school. There we go. <laughs> we'll keep it moving forward now. Offense or dif- defense, which one do you like playing more? Defense. Okay. Best player you'll play against this year? Um, Probably got to go with Nico Pay from Peters Township. Okay. Uh, if you could work out with one player in the NFL, who would it be? Uh, probably Najee. Okay. Best show on Netflix right now. Mm, I like, I was watching Friday Night Lights for a little bit. I like that. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll wrap it up with this question. What's your favorite Friday Night Lights character? Uh, Tim Riggins. That's the only answer to give. That's the only answer to give. You are Tim Riggins. You're a physical. I hope you know you take your academics a little bit more serious than Tim Riggins. But yes, I love that answer. Uh, great job, Dylan. Best of luck for you uh, to you and the Tigers moving forward. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you once again to Dylan Sleva for coming on. Uh, the leader of what has really been one of the bigger stories throughout the entire whip yield this year in Moon and just how not only the way like the fact that they're four and oh the fact that they're the top team but the way they're doing it and as i as i talked about that with him in the interview and i talked about it with them last friday night where you think of 5a teams you think of you know schools like gateway or or woodland hills who have all these star skill players who can light up the scoreboard and moon is just they're just bullies. They throw line back up football, and, baby. Yes, throw back and, football. And, and I love they, it. They, and you don't think of that when you think of Moon Township. I mean, that's the burbs, man. Like, <laughs> but they, 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 you know, they put their, you know, they put their fingers in the dirt or in the turf, I guess, at Moon High School, and they and they just run you over. And it's it's a very interesting brand of football to watch because I don't know if they're going to see anyone until the state playoffs that can really load the box and prevent no. them from doing that. And if they do. They still got the quarterback that can go find guys downfield. Really, the biggest question mark with them moving forward is if their receivers can can get the job done. And they have the guys. I think they can they can the, beat just about anyone. Isn't that the concern though? Like if they get into a shootout, come playoffs, are they going to be able to put the points up? I don't you know. Look at the scores that they've scored over thirty five points in three of their four games. They can do. They can do honestly everything. They yeah. they beat Montour with special teams and defensive scores. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the the really cool thing is this group has been together since midget football, and they have played the same exact style at every level, and it's always worked. And it's just it's so cool to see, you know, in this era of run and gun or run and shoot, whatever you want to call it, in this era of transfer to another high school yeah. that already has an established yeah. program, transfer to a Catholic school you know, move around or wherever these kids, like you said, Josh, especially big schools, this is rare where they go up together yeah. and they, they really build something. Cause it's a lot, it would have been easy for some of them to go to the high school next door or wherever, but nonetheless, yeah. it's, it's pick time guys. Um, no need to look at the standings. They're, they're, they're pretty. Oh, similar. wait, wait, okay. wait, wait. Oh, now <laughs> we're not looking at the standings listen, now. Listen, okay. no, listen. All right. <laughs> All right. If I would have been cocky about when I was in on top, and bragged about how I was in first place all the time. I think we could dedicate a part of the show to talking about this, but I was pretty humble. So I think we should just mention that Josh and Bill are in first place. Unbelievable. Listen, Josh, Josh and Bill. I can't Josh believe and, what I'm hearing. Josh, Josh and Bill are in first place. 
at 38 and 8. Myself, Parth, and Joe all, you know, doing our best. 37 and 9. <laughs> and the house is 36 and 10. Let's just focus on the house being in last place for a second. This guy's supposedly a Whitfield expert. I, I almost want to dox him because he, he's dragging us all down. Forget everyone else besides who's in last place. Am I right, guys? I mean, to quote the office, my oh my, how the turntables turn. I yeah. I have a great week. I text Noah, Parth, you'll, you'll love this. I texted <laughs> Noah Saturday after Beaver at Western Beaver. I had picked Western Beaver, mm-hmm. and I said, I believe this puts me in first place, does it not? What do I get back from Mr. Hiles? Did no comment. Yeah, no, no I comment. Say- I was off the clock. I didn't want to talk work. I, I worked really hard. Okay, I, listen. Oh my let's goodness, just get into the picks now. <laughs> we got 16 games as of the time of recording. Again, we don't we don't ever really know how many of these will get played with the pandemic. We were yeah. very lucky last week. No cancellations. Let's see if we can make that happen again. We're gonna run through them real quick. A lot of these are across the board, um, unanimous selections. So we'll breeze through those real quick. Blackhawk at Ambridge. All of us like the Cougars there over the Bridgers. Blackhawk uh has had a tough or non-conference schedule. This is their final non-conference game. I'm sure they're excited to, you know, get an easier opponent compared to who they've faced. We all have Blackhawk winning six games to none. We go over now to Beaver Falls taking on Elwood City. Beaver Falls 0-3. They're desperate for a win. I think they have an ideal opponent to find it against yep. in Elwood City. Who fought hard against yes. New Brighton? I will give them credit. I think it's safe to say that Beaver Falls is a little better than New Brighton, though. We all like the Tigers 6-0 there. Central Valley against Newcastle. This is a game we can get into a little bit. All of us like Central Valley 6-0. However, Newcastle is a good program. 3-1, led by Division One recruited quarterback Mike Wells. Josh, what led you to take the Warriors over this you know, 4A team that currently sits in first place in the Parkway Conference? Just honestly blind trust at this point. I mean, Central Valley is so loaded. I, I have a hard time seeing them losing to anybody, but Mike Wells is a hell of a talent. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I do think it'll be a, a good game. This isn't going to be a classic Central Valley just rolls. Um, but yeah, I, I love the program that, that Mark Lyons is putting together there in Manaka. And um, yeah, I, I'm just going to ride the Central Valley train all year at this point. Hopewell and Chartiers Valley is the next game on the slate. Uh, we all go with Chartiers Valley. Little note on them. Lamont Payne, the number one cornerback in the state of Pennsylvania, committed to Penn State University this weekend. Right before the whiteout. Yeah, right before the whiteout at the 50-yard line. Told Coach Franklin right then and there. That's yep. got to be a cool moment for him. I'm excited to see him try to cover some of the guys on Aliquippa, on Blackhawk. We're going to see that later on. I think he'll do just fine covering the guys at Hopewell, though, as uh, the Vikings, you know, they're, they're struggling a bit this year. So yeah. we all like Chartiers Valley there. Moon at Fox Chapel. We're all going with the Tigers over uh, a, a decent Fox Chapel team, but Moon just continues to roll. Uh, West Allegheny and Kiski area. This is our next game, and we'll talk about this one because, Josh, you have Kiski area. Parth, you and everyone else here have West <laughs> Allegheny. You got to see them play last yep. week. This is a team that, you know, you've been talking with a couple kids on their team. You've seen them practice. You obviously saw them beat Shaler in a shutout win. What was your takeaway from that? Why do you think they can continue to roll? Yeah, I think there was definitely some question marks that, that got raised against Shaler when, you know, second half, they kind of lost that steam, right? But they've got some guys, man. We've talked about Gavin Miller already being one of the best quarterbacks in the Whippeal. He's shown that game after game, and he's got guys to pass it to. 
you know, he's got a he's got a tailback in, in Noden Tracy, who's starting to get some Division One looks. Uh, they're good in the trenches. This is a good football team, and I think they're going to roll here yet again. Josh, what do you like about Kiske? Uh, slight bias here, I'll be honest. Uh, the entire coaching staff at Kiske is my former uh, high school head coach and coaching staff. Uh, <laughs> so I know quite a bit about Kiske. Uh, they are a downhill physical football team. Uh, they're going to punch you in the mouth defensively. They got a couple D1 recruits on the offensive line. I think, honestly, they can negate a lot of, of uh, West Allegheny's skill just by playing ground and pound ball control offense. Uh, I, I think, honestly, this will be the marquee matchup uh, this week in, in the Whippeal, in my opinion. I know that not, might be some high not, praise. Uh, Bell Vernon, Thomas Jefferson. I. I think this one will end up being a better game, honestly. I don't. Okay. I I, I, I think Kiski is that good, and I also think West Allegheny is that good. I think yeah, a lot I do of people. Think are, this is this is West Allegheny's first real test. We're gonna yes, we're gonna find out 100%. how good West State truly is. They have they have looked good against the opponents they've played. They haven't played no one. They haven't uh, played no I one. Mean, we thought Shaler was good. Program. Shaler's not that. Montour is a decent team, but yeah, still like what. I agree. This is their first real test. This is their first true team that can win a playoff game that they're going to yeah, play. Correct. Um, so we'll move on now. Freedom at Nishanik, despite us all uh, having nice things to say against about Carter Slowinski, we all take the Lancers from Nishanik. Mohawk at New Brighton. It is New Brighton in a sweep. I think this could be one where, I, I mean, I, I also picked New Brighton here. But this could be one where we all get it wrong. I would not yeah. be shocked. I think this is going to be this. I don't know if this deserves to be a unanimous selection game. I think this is going to be a really close, hard. It's probably the battle. toughest one that I had to pick, honestly, when looking okay. at the slate here. There we go. So Fort Cherry at Olsh here. Um, this is another one where we just don't know how good Fort Cherry is. They have one loss last week. They beat up on Shenango, who I still, for all intents and purposes, think is a decent football team, mm-hmm. even though they're zero and three. But they have a big win. Over over them, uh, they go into Olsh or or Moon, I guess, because that's where Olsh plays. Olsh finally gets a home game. Thank goodness, it's been it, it's been four weeks now, um, and we all we all like Olsh there, uh, six to nothing in the picks. We go over now to Aliquippa taking on Quaker Valley. I love the Quakers talking that talk after getting that win over uh, Brentwood. I don't think we'll be getting a tweet like that this week. As uh, the Quips continue to roll, they, they uh, we all have them going 6-0. Laurel against Riverside, battle of the green and white. Uh, here, I, I, I like the team that beat Beaver Falls and uh, is undefeated, as does everyone else, as Laurel 6-0. Cornell and Shenango, let's talk about this game for a little bit. The Raiders are 2-1. and one. They just cracked the Times top 10 list at the number 10 spot. It's getting into conference play. They're going against the Shenango team that has some pretty high expectations in the preseason. They're 0-3 right now. Everyone takes the Raiders aside from Shenango. Parth, Josh, I'd like to hear from you both. Why? I just I love Cornell's skill players. I, I think that they can put up points in a hurry, and they their defense last week was very opportunistic. Uh, I, I just it's hard for me to pick against that type of talent offensively, though. With Cornell, um, you know they can win any type of game that they need to. So that's why I went with the Raiders. Yeah, I think going off of Josh's point, this team's shown the ability. Obviously, they haven't won a game that hasn't been a shootout yet. But even against Mohawk, you know they. They lost by a touchdown and kept that game close in a, in a low-scoring kind of gritty battle there. Um, so they've shown the ability to, to get it done multiple ways, I think. You know, the thing, and here's why I'm, I'm the only one taking Shenango in this game, and there's something that stood out to me, and, and 
it's confusing not being able to cover them and know the full story. But you look at uh, Shenango's schedule. Yeah, they got blown out last week by Fort Cherry, but a couple weeks back they had a one-score game against Laurel. Yeah. So there's there's something going on there. I don't know if it's injuries or what, but I'm not I'm not necessarily sold on Cornell either. The two wins that they had were over some pretty bad teams, if we're being Fair. honest. The Jefferson Fair. Morgan is really bad, and Northgate is notoriously and- known for being a horrible <laughs> program. Convincing <laughs> fashion, though. They, they blew I the mean, doors that, off that's of both what you're teams. Supposed to do. That's yeah. what you're supposed okay. to do. So right. I, I just think... I do, th- I, I do think this is a game that I Noah think it's going to be a close game, and they played in one close game and they lost it. So that's that's where I'm at with this. I take <clears> Shenango, and Shenango needs to win this game a lot more than Cornell does. Yeah. That's why I'm going with Shenango in this one. We move forward now to Rochester at Burgettstown, and this is another one that I think is going to be very interesting, simply because what is Rochester's offense going to look like? More importantly, <laughs> who's going to be out there on offense? They cannot afford another loss. Because this is a team that was depending on having some home playoff games, a team that was yeah. depending on, you know, not depending, but planning to win a big seven championship. And they have a huge game that pretty much will decide that the following week against Olsh. However, you can't look past the Burgettstown team that has, in, you know, recent history, gone undefeated in the regular season in double A. So this is a tough team. They they went toe-to-toe with Olsh for a little bit. I don't know what happened there in the third quarter. The Chargers kind of just went crazy. We all like Rochester, but as we voiced in the first segment of our show, there's still a lot of question marks about this team. And uh, guys, would it, is it safe to say we wouldn't be too shocked if Burgettstown came out there and gave them a game? No, no. I, I think this is one we might need to take a mulligan on depending on some some injury <laughs> updates and, and who's out there uh, ahead of kickoff on Friday. But uh no, it would not shock me if Parker's time. Parker Lyons is back. That's a different. That's a different ball team, right? And, and but, you know, talking to Parker after that Week One win, he said, you know, it was it was a day to day type thing. It was ankle tweak. He'd be back my, soon. Here's my thing about the Mulligan: is if you're a Whippeal champion, you have a week to prepare. I know it's tough without a quarterback, but you got to right. find a way to win these games, yeah, or at least compete. You got to find a way to not get shut out. Getting shut out against Union, I know that's a mid-game adjustment. That's tough. But now you have a whole week. That's fair. If you don't have Parker and you don't have JD, you got to find another way to to get the offense going. And this is a team that had to ask Sal to step in last year. Yeah, that's a good point. And they were still able to compete. They they lost in the playoffs to the team that went to the state championship game that had a Division I recruited quarterback. So they weren't a slouch then. They have a great coach, a Beaver County Hall of Famer, so I, I think they can figure it out. And if yeah. not, that's not good for them. Yep. But we all like Rochester 6-0. Western Beaver, a team that continues to surprise everyone. Big win against their rival uh, on Saturday afternoon. Last week, uh, we all like the Golden Beavers over Summit Academy on the road. Man, Western Beaver just hates Fridays. Holy cow. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, even their road games. Yeah. <laughs> Second to last game we picked, we all go with Beaver over Seton LaSalle, except for the house. The house must think that uh, Bruce Gradkowski is still at quarterback there, well, or, Bill, or Bill Stoll, one of those two guys, <laughs> leading leading them down the field. I mean, the Rebels they, they haven't been good since the days of uh, Scott Orndorff, and and they part they had a running back named Kevin Hart who was really good. Really, yeah. Not <laughs> look like Kevin Hart though. No, I tackled him a couple times. Very nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> this this honestly was the, the the toughest game I had to to choose. Um, I know uh, Parth mentioned earlier. Uh, he had some issues, but this was the toughest one because Seton LaSalle, 
you know, obviously they got blown out last week. Um, I believe it was by uh, Central. Was it Central Catholic? Sierra Catholic. Sierra That's Catholic. who it was. Sierra yeah, Catholic. So, Central Catholic. So, so they, yeah, one of the Catholic schools. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was one that I'm like, I just don't know because Beaver is still trying to find their legs at this point in the season. Um, you know, they had the COVID stoppage. They had players missing. Um, you know, they kind of ran out of gas in the second half last week. 46 total yards uh, in the second half last week. So I just – I don't know. I don't know what Beaver team we're going to see and them playing on a Saturday again, this time at home. It was hard, but uh, ultimately I leaned Court Rouse and uh, the Bobcats. So, All right, so now we go into our final game to pick. Our game of the week, Parth, will be there. It All is right. Avonworth, our number three team in 3A against Southside Beaver, one of those 2A teams that we talked about that's knocking on the door. You hear yep. them. They're, they're pounding their way into relevancy. This is a team that we didn't have high expectations for at the start of the year. They're 3-1 and one now, just had another blowout win over Carrick. This is easily their biggest test on the schedule so far, until you look at next week and they play <laughs> Stowe Rocks. And Avonworth's a team that almost beat Stowe Rocks. Yep. Uh, we all, we all, all five, five of us, excuse me, like Avonworth, Bill Ullman, the guy who's not afraid to go against the grain, he's going with Southside over Avonworth in what would be a stunning upset. This, I, if, if Southside could pull this off, they definitely got to move into the top five. I don't oh, care yeah. if the rest of the top five doesn't lose. We got to make room for the Rams if they win this one. Parth, what are you excited about when it comes to covering this one? What do you have your eye on in this game? Just excited about the game in general. I think it'll be one of the closest games of this slate, in my opinion. You know, Avonworth put up a fight against what is our best, you know, what we ranked as the highest team in 2A in Stowe Rocks. Uh, I think this should be a good one overall. Okay. Josh, anything to add on that? I will be at Southside's practice this evening. Uh, they will be my In the Trenches feature this week. Uh, obviously, nice they are. Plug. Yeah, they're doing a great job opening up uh, rushing lanes for Parker Statler, who is uh, – our uh, week was it week two or week three? Week Beaver, two. Week, week two, two. Beaver County Times Football mm. Player of the Week. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see what that program looks like, and uh, you know, talk to, uh, to Coach Luke and go from there. Yeah, I mean this this is going to be an interesting one. Another very interesting week. Uh, a lot of you know five to five to one, six to nothing picks. No, no one picked different. You know, for two things, we the most difference we had was just one person picking against right and a couple of them. So it's either we're all going to rise together or we're all going to look terrible together, which is what <laughs> I like to see for Josh Carney. Of I'd like to say thank you once again for tuning in, share, subscribe, follow us on social media. If you haven't done all that great stuff already, check out all of our work on timesonline.com and we will see you all next week.